Hello, and welcome to the Onside Kick Family Hour. I'm your host, Ryan Van Bibber, NFL editor at SB Nation. With me, as always, Danny Kelly, Stephen White. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. Doing awesome. Excellent. That's good to hear. Um, we've got kind of a, yeah, there's kind of a lot going on, huh? It, it was kind uh, of a busy day. A bit. Not <laughs> and it starts and ends with the schedule release as far as I'm concerned. Mm, yes. Well, the announcement about the announcement of the schedule release has been the exciting part. I can't believe that wasn't a primetime special. <laughs> Heard it the, special, the special is going to announce when we're going to make the special for the announcement of the, of the schedule. It's, the NFL has this on lockdown. They, have, they basically have you... Uh, you know, glued to your computer pretty much every day other than like a few days in July, I think. Well, and, and it's funny because it seems like it's been not really been a busy off season just in terms of just the sheer yeah. volume of stuff like it has been in a couple years past. So, and then the, the trade news this morning, I was, I, you know, I got up, I got the newsletter sent out. And of course, like there was a thing in there about the Eagles potentially trading up to the number one pick. And then, like, I'm going on making yep. my son launch for school, and, like, my phone starts going crazy. And I'm like, holy yeah. shit. <laughs> I woke up to the computer. I woke up to a text that said, LOL, Rams. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't from me, I swear to God. <laughs> it was not from RVB. <laughs> Well, what were your what are your initial reaction? I want to get your initial reaction before we get. I want to kind of talk about some of the specifics for the teams and some other stuff in the draft that this trade obviously impacts. But first of all, I guess I just want to get your reactions to the thing first and foremost, Stephen. Well, I've kind of said for a while that it, the whole Laramie Tunsil going number one to the Titans didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me in that they had already invested a first-round pick in Taylor Lewan to be their their, uh, left tackle a couple years ago. And, look, I know he hasn't played all that great, but it seems like he's kind of become a leader on their team, and they've kind of encouraged him to be a leader on their team. And so giving up on him so fast after just uh, two years did seem kind of odd to me. So, you know, I can't say I didn't see them trading out of the number one pick. I just wasn't sure anybody would care that much in this particular draft to move up that far. But yeah. you know what they say? You know, when you're desperate, you do desperate things. And, and obviously the Rams quarterback situation is such that they definitely needed to be desperate and, and, and do something bold to try to upgrade their team. And let's be clear, they're not trading up there you know, to get a defensive back, right? <laughs> you know, I like Ramsey fine. They're, tra- they're traded all that stuff away. You know, I think two ones and two twos or something crazy mm-hmm. uh, and support stuff to get a quarterback. Now, which quarterback, maybe it's still in dispute, but they're trying to change the direction of their, their franchise, and the only way to do that is with a franchise quarterback. Yeah, yeah, and that's something they've really kind of swung and missed, been swinging and missing on for a while now. So I think, you know, like you say, the desperate desperate times, desperate measures. And so they had to do – and they've got a young team. It's like, you know, they've got some good players on defense. But it's interesting that there are only two of the quote-unquote extra players they got from the RG3 trade in 2012 are actually still with the team. Oh, really? Yeah, and one of them's Aaron Donald, so obviously that's kind of a difference maker, but... 
Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> we get one of those, and it's kind of make up one's kind of not, not uh, panning out. So. Yeah, right. He, I mean, he's like alone. He's worth that trade alone, probably. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just it's interesting to see, Danny. What you, I mean, your reaction to this? You, you hear you got the LOL Rams text this morning, <laughs> and then Twitter, of course, went crazy. But. Yeah. Well, my first reaction was, "What the hell?" Okay. First of all, that's the highest, or it's the it's the biggest jump I think anyone's made into the top spot from fifteen. So that you know they had to give up a king's ransom, um, and if they do end up playing poorly next year, uh, you know, Will Brinson tweeted this at me. If they if they end up playing badly next year, uh, that draft pick they're giving up next year could be like you know top five or whatever too. So that's that's the risk they run. Um, but at the same time, I'm kind of warming up to the idea um, of, like you guys said, like it, it, you know, they need to do something. It's like they've been they've been caught in this eight and eight, seven and nine, or not even eight and eight, seven and nine. You know, like just recurring nightmare. It's not you know for so long that they have to do something. Um, they obviously must like you know. I, I think it sounds like it's Carson Wentz, but um, they obviously must like one of those two quarterbacks enough to to make this move and think that it's going to change their franchise. And, and so I kind of can respect that, you know, just, I just think having a quarterback is so important um, that I can kind of see the, see the, like, I guess the thinking, the thought process on that. But for me, it feels like it's just a ton to give up at this point. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're going to have to figure out what happens when, you know, some of the guys that they've drafted over the last couple of years start hitting free agency. And you saw some of them leave in free agency this year. Yeah. Um, You know, they're going to, it's, you have, when you, when you only draft five or six guys every year in a year, that really hurts your depth. And, you know, it's just going to make their cap situation harder to manage. Um, I don't know. There's just long-term repercussions for giving up this many picks. But um, at the end of the day, like you need a quarterback. It's, it's a big, it's a big swing. And you know, if they if they if they hit on the swing, then obviously that's going to look great. But um, if they miss, like it could be like really really bad. So it, it's kind of a it's it's one of those moves that's really exciting and, and it'll be fun to watch pan out. But it's a high risk high reward type of thing. And uh, if if they miss, if Carson Wentz or or Jared Goff don't end up being like you know, even decent, it, it, it'll be devastating, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's interesting because, uh, you know, you don't see, I, I mean, there's a thing out today that, you know, the really the biggest thing with the draft and, and, and success of the draft is volume. I mean, you got to think about it like a trip to mm-hmm. Sam's Club or Costco. You know, it's, you could get four Hall of Famers one year, and this is, isn't a, a slight on any front office or any general manager in particular, but, you know, you could get, three Hall of Famers in one draft, and you could get, you know, six washouts the next year. It's just sort of the, mm-hmm. the crapshoot that it is. And it's, you know, so the more picks you have, the generally the better off you are because you can kind of, right. you know, you're you building in some, some room for error. You're yeah. building in room for error. Yeah. And those two you know? second-round picks that the Rams gave up to, I mean, if you're a Titans fan, that's got to be pretty awesome to think about having oh, yeah. two extra first-round picks this year because – you know, three picks in the first round of the draft, that's, or second round of the draft, rather, that's a hell of a, I mean, you can get a hell of a lot of, you, that's oh, yeah. a chance to do some damage there. And if you're a team like the Titans that has some, you know, pretty severe needs outside of quarterback, 
I mean, the Titans had, you know, I did that article the other last week or the week before that talked about draft ammo and kind of like how to look at it. And the Titans already had the most because they had the number one pick, but they just added to it. I think they, they actually picked up value in this, in this, uh, trade, you know, especially considering, you know, next year, um, you know, where they have another one. So, man, they have some, they can really do some work here. And, and obviously you have to hit on those picks. Um, you know, obviously we're talking about the Rams, how they only have two of those guys left that they chose out of that huge blockbuster trade. But, um, man, they, they could really change. This could be like one of those big changing, like franchise changing moves for them. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this. It was, um, it's been reported, and I don't know, that it's hard to tell with stuff like this this time of year because of all the draft smoke screens and stuff like that. But it's hard to, it, it, it was reported earlier that they don't, you know, it's obviously they're thinking quarterback because you don't trade up to the first overall pick, you know, and not take a quarter, you know, that's a quarterback move. But they're not decided between Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. Obviously, Carson Wentz, North Dakota State, Jared Goff, uh, Cal. Um, you know, there's a fairly even split, I think maybe, you know, if anything, it seems like evaluators and talking heads lean a little bit more toward, um, Wentz as the guy with the higher ceiling and maybe Goff as one that's a little more ready to play right now, but there's not a huge difference just in terms of their overall package of skills and, and abilities there. Um, but, uh, is it crazy that they don't know who they're going to draft if that's true? To make this no, move would, and not know who, you know, which one of those quarterbacks I, are going to have a an inkling to take? I think, I think that it makes sense. And, and, and here's why. Because everybody assumed that uh, Cleveland was going to take a quarterback. Yeah. Um, and depending upon what there was, you know, maybe it was Wentz, maybe it was golf. <laughs> yeah. So if you know you got to have at least one of these guys, and, and the Rams did know that, and you figure that both of them are pretty good, but maybe you still aren't completely sold on one or, or the other because you still have a couple weeks, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, you know that you have to get in front of Cleveland so that you can have your your pick of the litter, basically. You know, the only way you get to actually choose which one of these guys you have is to get up to number one. So you get up to number one first, and then you still have time to, to you know, really feel comfortable with which guy you're going to go with. Because, look, if you miss on this, everybody is out of there, right? Mm-hmm. You can't miss on this guy after you, after you traded this much away to get him in, to get whichever guy it is, you cannot miss. Mm-hmm. And so, look, if you're going to take it all the way down to the wire, but you know it's one of these two quarterbacks, I don't have a problem with going ahead and pulling the trigger on, on the deal now because if you wait, somebody else might jump over you, and, and you can't have that. So if you know for sure it's one of those two guys, then it makes sense to go ahead and, and, and get up there where now you can just concentrate on evaluating both guys and figuring out which one best fits your needs. Yeah. And I don't know if, I mean, without, you know, even the the cursory Google search here, Twitter search, if they've worked either of those guys out. But, you know, they would have, if they haven't, they still have the chance to do that. You know, you've got, there's still some time between, I mean, the draft is literally two weeks from today, so they could really kind of get that 
get that private workout or at least another private meeting set up with those guys, you know, between now and then to, to sort of dot their I's and cross their T's on that. Is there a quarterback of those two that you, either of you thinks a better fit? I mean, is there a personal preference mm-hmm. for either one of you between <clears throat> those two quarterbacks? I kind of feel like Wentz is probably a better fit. Um, just kind of, he comes from a pro style system. He's tough. He's, um, you know, big arm kind of guy. I, I just, I kind of just feel like he seems to fit Fisher more, like on who Fisher might like. Uh, you probably know more about that than I would in terms of like, <laughs> which one's more Kerry Collins esque? <laughs> I don't know. For whatever reason, I, I I feel like Wentz seems to fit with the Rams, like identity. I guess more. Does that make sense? I think you know they're yeah. kind of like they. They feel like a blue collar, like run it, you know, like pro style, lots of tight ends, lots of, you know, like kind of just like, that's just kind of how they are. That's their identity. Um, and I feel like that's why Wentz fits. But, um, but I mean, you could, you could definitely make an argument for Goff too, because he's got a good arm vertically. Um, and he's done some of the, you know, he's probably, he's faced better defenses. He's, um, you know, he, he's, also, I, I don't know. For me, it's Wentz, but I, I feel like I probably could be convinced otherwise. Also, but um, but it sounds like Wentz is the guy, um, just based on kind of the reports. But that that doesn't mean there's obviously tons and tons of um, you know people are saying like they would choose Goff over him. I, I know that there's a lot of there's a lot of dispute whether he's even the top guy in this draft, which also makes the the move kind of curious. And I, I was, I was thinking like they obviously, I, I was thinking they would have to have a guy in their mind, um, who they're, who they're picking to, to move up and, and kind of make this like giant franchise changing move. Um, otherwise they wouldn't do it because I, I just feel like, you know, well, I don't know, but they could, they, you never really know what to do with the, what the Rams are doing, but I just feel like you'd have to have a guy in mind in order to make that big of a move. Yeah, they're probably not trading up to get Christian Hackenberg or anything like that. <laughs> oh, man, that would be funny. <laughs> Paxton right, Lynch. You know, here's an, another interesting angle from this trade, and, and obviously it's hard to say. I mean, the Titans, with so many picks, they could really do a lot of different stuff, and, and, and they have the chance to kind of address. You know, they I think they have a pretty good young core of receivers in Tennessee. They draft, drafted Doriel Green-Beckham last year. They have, uh, you know, Justin uh, – yeah, Hunter. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's not threadbare in that. They have, they've invested some in their offensive line. This is a chance to maybe build some depth in there because, you know, we've seen time and time and time again how important depth is for an offensive line. But, uh, you know, this is a chance to really kind of maybe come back on the defensive side of the ball and get some help and, and build a heck of a roster there. But the, 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 one of the interesting angles of this trade that I, I couldn't help but noticing and sort of wincing about is – the fallout effect for the Cleveland Browns. Now, you know, ostensibly with the Browns at number two and the Titans at number one, the Titans weren't going to take a quarterback, obviously. So the Browns had their pick of the litter for a quarterback, (laughs) and now suddenly they're sort of in reactive mode. Maybe they want Goff, maybe they want Wentz, like Steven said. You know, that just kind of depends on what you're reading that week. But uh, Mm -hmm. it's a... you know, so what do the Browns do here? I mean, do they just wait and see what's going on? Do they try to trade with the Eagles maybe? Do they, you know? 
That that's a good question. I mean, they don't have much of a choice at this point in terms of they're going to have to figure out. They're going to have to just see who falls to them now, rather than having the pick of the litter. Well, now what they can do is basically let everybody know that hey, if they pick this guy, the guy we really want, then we're open for business. You know, yeah. as soon as that, mm-hmm. that's official. So you know, maybe there's another team out there that that, that really covers a player. Uh, and they feel like, hey, or, or maybe somebody else out there covers the quarterback that the the Browns actually don't prefer. Yeah, and so they still may be able to turn that into some draft picks for themselves if the guy they that they don't really want ends up getting taken first. That's really all you can do now. I mean, <laughs> you, you, you're kind of screwed. You're probably feeling great yesterday. And today is kind of like, you know, your fate is in somebody else's hands. So what I would expect leading up to the draft is a whole lot of bullshit being thrown around against the wall about who the Browns prefer. Because, uh, you know, you can't really tip your hand uh, how you're going to move. Because, you know, if you say, well, we prefer Wentz and then Wentz is gone, number one, then everybody's going to be like, aha, you stuck now and we're not going to give you much of anything. If you if you kind of continue to kind of play both sides and you know leak this day is golf that day is went, then whoever's taking off first, there's still a chance that people will think, well, you know, you actually preferred the other guy anyway, you know, yeah. And so you got to knock our socks off to get us to move back. So, uh, but yeah, I, I'm sure that it's a shitty day around. Uh, the Cleveland Browns <laughs> complex today, especially Shitty, shittier. Right, shittier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All things considered. Uh, but yeah, especially if they didn't see this coming. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that point kind of that you brought up, Stephen, earlier is, uh, made me think, you know, the Rams might have felt like they needed to hurry up and just make a trade because they didn't want someone else to jump in front of them. Um. And so it sounds like, you know, there maybe there was like three. I, I think I saw Rand Getland said there was like three teams trying to get up to number one. So the Browns probably have had an idea that, that someone was going to do that. But um, but, yeah, this is kind of one of those things where like, well, shit, now what? Hopefully, I mean, obviously, I'm sure they have, uh, you know, backup plans. But but even with the amount of ammo that they have, it's got to be kind of frustrating. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, and I saw somewhere, too, that uh, I don't know. It's an interesting year for quarterbacks, and I don't know that, you know, whoever likes golf or wins better. I mean, obviously, there's still one out there, but it's it's kind of interesting because I guess the Kaepernick trade, to come to circle back to that, is something that could happen maybe now on draft day. It, it depends on perhaps whether or not the 49ers can get a quarterback in the draft. Um, but I, I don't know that Mark Dominic's the one that reported that they already, that they had a deal in place. So we'll, uh, we won't hold our breath just in case here. <laughs> they have a deal in place, but it depends on Kaepernick yeah. saying yes. Well, it depends on whether or not the 49ers can get a quarterback on draft day. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. That makes sense. So we'll see what happens with that. I don't know. It's, it's interesting because. You know, you'd think of all the years that somebody would trade. You know, there's you could you you the RG three trade to this. It's it's kind of a wild ride for mm. draft trades like this. 
So, um, what else are we? You know, we talked about the you talked about the Taylor Lewan thing with Tennessee, and that's a very good point you brought up. We talked about the Browns. What else? I mean, what are some? What's some of the other fallout we're gonna see from this trade? You think? Well, Laramie Le- Tunsil can't be very happy today. <laughs> no. mm-hmm. He's probably going to slide quite a little bit now. You know, the Browns obviously are looking at a quarterback, and they already have a left tackle anyway. So, um, you know, maybe a team will trade up to, to try to get him. Who knows? But, man, you know, again, yesterday, just like the Browns are thinking they were going to get, get the, their pick of the little quarterback yesterday, I'm sure Laramie Tunsil, which I think he was actually in Tennessee on a visit yeah. when all this was going on. Uh, thought he was going number one overall. So, uh, and, and, you know, these days with the rookie cap and everything, there's not quite as big of a difference in those, you know, top five slots. But still, just the whole prestige of, of going number mm-hmm. one, uh, I'm sure he, he's kind of having a shitty day too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it is what it is. And, and somebody else was saying that, as a matter of fact, uh, if the Titans still did want uh, uh, left tackle, and let's be honest, that's really the thing, the reason why uh, nobody would have been very surprised if the Titans had stayed in number one and taken Tunsil because they have a young quarterback and, and they're trying to build around him, and, and there was way too much pressure on him last year. Yeah. So there, there's this thought that they could still use some of those picks they just got in this trade and maybe trade back up and get a guy like Ronnie Stanley, who mm-hmm. I've already expressed you know, yeah. uh, my uh, approval of his pass-blocking uh, ability. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the left tackles now because it was just a foregone conclusion before that, obviously, if he went number one, he'd be the first left tackle off the board, that you know, Larry McTunstall was going to be the first left tackle taken. So uh, I'm wondering if maybe there's a chance that that doesn't happen now. I just saw. I just saw one somebody speculating. I was Lance Zerline from NFL.com speculating that you could see now maybe the Jaguars Tunsil's in consideration for the Jaguars at number five, mm. which is kind of interesting because they, they have, have Jacob Jacob too, Luke Jockel, Jokel, or something like that. Yeah, not too long. I don't yeah. that well, and I'm I'm not defending his play. I'm just. It's just funny to me that people are giving up on left tackle so fast these days. I'm and incredibly fast. I even in the town, remember like this time last year, there was a lot of speculation that the Vikings were already ready to move on from Khalil. Mm-hmm. Fisher, Fisher with the uh, yeah, uh, the Fisher Chiefs. Chiefs. Fisher, Greg Robinson. Oh. Yeah, and I still think um, you know a lot of those guys still have opportunities, in my opinion, to get better. And play better. They just, you know, he threw them out there. Most of them got thrown out there in the fire their rookie year, and maybe haven't developed as fast as you want. But man, I just, it, it is interesting to me that you know they're kind of appear at least to be ready to move on from these young left tackles so fast. The Jags signed Kelvin Benjamin too in free agency, so he's a potential left tackle there. Um, this is the reason. Wait, not uh, Kelvin Benjamin. No, sorry, Kelvin Beecham. <laughs> Beecham. What's his first name? Kelvin, I think. Yeah. I could be totally murdering his name. Um, anyway, so they, they got uh, a guy in free agency to take over for Joko potentially. And so like yesterday, for instance, uh, Mike Sando over at ESPN presented a trade 
trade like scenario that would send Jokel to the Seahawks for like a late round pick or whatever. So yeah, it's interesting because yeah, I mean it's like some of these early, early, early offensive linemen picks have really just flamed out so far. But you have to kind of like Stephen said, you have to consider the fact that they're playing in spread offense and and takes a probably you got to commit to a couple of years to get them developed in 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 the system. Yeah, this this trade definitely fucks up a lot of mock drafts, though. It's well, it's interesting because now you've got the draft order reset. Just looking at the new draft order, it's interesting because yeah, there's Cleveland, and we think they're going to take quarterback. It's a potential trade spot for maybe then for a team that wants to trade up for a quarterback. But you look at some of the teams in that top ten. I mean, how many different kind of directions it could go. The Chargers are at number three. There's a team that could you know you could make a case could use. Tunsil or Stanley, you know, one of those two mm-hmm. guys. Um, the Cowboys at number four, obviously they don't need an offensive lineman, but, you know, Jalen Ramsey or Joey Bosa or DeForest Buckner, some of those pass rushers in there would be a good fit for either the Chargers or the Cowboys, really. Jaguars, I mean, you know, Miles Jack. We haven't even mentioned Miles mm-hmm. Jack. I mean, there's a guy that, to me, you know, probably not a number one overall pick just because of positional value and who's in the number one spot now, but you know, Miles Jack might be the best player in the draft overall. That's so interesting. Yeah. With the Ramsey and Jack and Bosa and Buckner, man, the, like the three, two through six or seven is going to be super interesting. And the teams that are picking in those spots can really go a lot of different directions. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you could see Tunsil fall like more than you might expect. Gosh, that's going to be really interesting. Yeah, because the Giants at 10 are a team that people have, you know, at least on the rumor mill, but have been connected, you know, a team that really is supposedly likes Ronnie Stanley. Mm. Yeah, that would make sense. So, yeah, it's going to be a wild Thursday night two weeks from now. And, uh, Wait, did you just say the Giants, the same team that just that just drafted a left tackle last year? <laughs> yeah. My goodness. Flowers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he was a ago. rookie, and, and and we all knew he had some technique issues. Uh, I thought he played decent for a rookie, maybe not great, but man, I know. I tell you, boy, they, they're not giving <laughs> they're not giving these left tackles any rope, uh, you know, uh, or, or or man, just that would be crazy to me. And that, that could just be. be- you know, springtime draft bullshit talk too. But I mean, I was, I mean, I was like you, I was kind of shocked to see that, but. Cause I was sitting here like, wait a minute, am I wrong? They, they did take a left tackle last year, didn't they? And then I remember, yeah, you know, it was, it was him. Yeah. But Hey, you just never know these days. <laughs> Maybe they just figure they'll figure it out. You know, put one, they'll figure out one to go on the right and one to go on the left. Yeah. Well, I did. Know- I did find it. Uh, interesting that um, somebody, Ian Rappaport, speculated that maybe they didn't want to take t- the Titans didn't want to take Tunsil because uh, Luan might not have wanted to go to the right side, which I thought was interesting because mm-hmm. usually you don't really get a, a, a say in the matter, especially if they just drafted your replacement. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it, man, that's just that's kind of crazy to me. And maybe it is all bluff and, and talk and stuff, but that's just right, wow. It's crazy. That wasn't a low first round pick either. That was like middle of the first round, right? It was ninth flowers. overall. Flowers. It was the ninth. Yeah, pick. shit. Top ten pick. Come on, man. He oh, had crap. He was right nine. 
Wow. You yeah. gotta be, look if he if you if you're uh, flowers. I imagine you getting your ass in the weight room real fast if you rumor <laughs> you doing all the working out you can because man, it, it, that, that's not a good look. Yeah. Oh, man, well, that's and you be know crazy. what's funny is the Giants too were in in the free. I was just looking back at this in free agency in the in the the various rumor mill people were connecting them with Donald Penn and Russell Okun. Oh yeah. That's desperate. Okay. That's that's a de- that's a team that's pretty desperate right now though. You know what I mean? I mean, you look at their off-season moves and stuff. It's it's not a happy place to probably to be. I think it's going to be really interesting to see where Ezekiel Elliott goes too. I mean, I feel like this trade kind of threw the whole first co- first round up in like an upheaval, you know? Yeah. Um because there's so many guys, it's d- just like that could get flipped around. Like Vernon, where's Vernon Hargraves going to go now? You know, where's Bosa going to go? Where's you know all these tackles? Arnie Stanley. Then you got all these really, really strong defensive tackles this year, and so that kind of, you know, you could get like six or seven like defensive tackles in the first round. So you're going to have some really, really interesting stuff at the end of the round. You're going to have some really, really interesting stuff at the beginning of the fir- uh, second round. I just think it's, uh, I don't know if it's always like this, but it just feels like a really interesting year for, for just like, we don't really have a strong grasp of like where everyone's going to go. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be a wild year. And you know, it's kind of funny because for the longest time, I just been you looking ahead at this traffic and ah, it's kind of, you know, there's just not a lot going on. It'll be right. Right. It'll be slow, whatever. No, nope. it's way more exciting all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, shit just got because I feel like there's going to be some guys that drop to teams and you're like, damn, like that. We did not expect that to happen, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's going to be, man. I'm getting, I'm getting really excited about this now. <laughs> <laughs> it's so unpredictable. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see. What else is there? I mean, any other trade angle we haven't mm. touched on yet? Hmm. I mean, I, I know there's there's a lot more to come for those, obviously, but. There's probably going to be a lot of, I mean, I would guess there's going to be a lot of movement in the first round. It just feels like that kind of year because it's a deep draft. Yeah. And so teams are going to be willing and wanting to trade back. I, that's how I feel. I feel like you're probably going to have a couple teams trade up into the first again at the end. Um, and so, you know, I think like the Broncos are going to be players. In terms of, you know, they need to get a quarterback. It gets hard to imagine the 49ers are going to, you know, be quiet. They have got so many picks that they could move around. So there's definitely going to be some interesting stuff happening in terms of trades and whatnot. And, and with the quarterback situation, still kind of crazy. Now, we're, now you know, if, if you see two quarterbacks go off the, in the first two picks, um, what is the, does that mean, like, Paxton Lynch is going to, like, all of a sudden get taken in the top ten? You yeah, know? he's kind of the. It's kind of a wild card now because he could be yeah. anywhere. You know, you could see him at the bottom of the round. You could see him in the middle part of the round. It could just be a lot of different spots where he could land in there. Yeah, because it, now it's like you could have a run on quarterbacks early, and then that changes everything. Like I said, then some random like really good defender falls to some team where you're like, "Damn, that was crazy! You never expected that to happen." Yeah, but 
because they got all these other dominoes falling first. You know, mm-hmm. these, these teams feel desperate to get a quarterback. Desperation can do some crazy things to a draft. Yeah, it really can, especially when, you know, there's probably like Jerry. Well, that's the thing with the Giants is like, you know, you got Jerry Reese who's sort of, you know, on the hot seat, so to speak, for, you know, what guys will do, you know, for what uh, for what the Giants will, will do this year because there are some off-season fodder about, you know, the roster maybe not being up to snuff and the last few drafts haven't been all that great and, and, and stuff mm. like that. So it'll be um, interesting to see how this all happens. I mean, hell, you know, the Rams, if they don't, you you spend all that draft capital for a quarterback, and if that quarterback doesn't work out, then you know you're kind of whoops. You know <laughs> that might not even be enough job. That might even jeopardize Jeff Fisher's miraculous job security. <laughs> <laughs> no, that won't. No. <laughs> all right, let's see what else is going on in the NFL world lately. <laughs> Johnny uh, Manziel, I just saw. I just saw where uh, Rosenhaus uh, fired Johnny Manziel. I guess yep. it happened earlier this morning, or it was announced earlier this morning. I hadn't seen it until now. And, I mean, man, listen, <laughs> I'm, I think that Rosenhaus still uh, still represents Greg Hardy, doesn't he? Yeah. I yeah, know he represents so. a whole bunch of dudes that's in trouble. So if you are too hot for Drew Rosenhaus and for – uh, disclosure, he was my agent uh, for a little while at the end of my career. He actually negotiated my deal with the, with the Jets. I don't have any problem with him. But I'm just saying, if you are too, if your spot is too hot for Drew Rosenhaus <laughs> to represent right. you, something is fucking wrong. Like, you really need to reevaluate your life choices if Drew Rosenhaus is like, nah, you, it's too much. It's too much. Yeah, yeah, and he said something too. He's like, he really wants to help. He wants to try to help him get treatment. Johnny Manziel get treatment. And I mean, I think this last round of stuff, it's pretty obvious that this is. I mean, you know, there's there's the normal level of hey, kid in his twenties likes to party. You know, you throw in the fame aspect of that. Sure, you're sure I get it. But this is more than just you know, hey, this is a kid that likes to party. You know what I mean? This is there's. There's a lot more. I mean, he's. I, I think it's safe to say he's legitimately got a problem, and I'm not, you know, a diagnostician or whatever. But that's, <laughs> you a know, doctor. yeah. It, it's it's something to kind of like, you know. There's, like I say, this isn't just a, a kid that likes to party. You know what I mean? And and, and you got to ask yourself, you know, is this an addiction problem by itself? Or is there also some mental health issues going on, too? Yeah. Because he seems to have lost touch with reality, right? The whole little TMZ interview, maybe he was just having fun. But at this point, I, I would I would think that most people in his situation will understand he can't joke around with TMZ. So, right. first right. of all, you lie to TMZ about where you're living. And then, you furthermore, you tell them that you don't think coaches care that you're out all times of the night partying. Yeah. Like, what? what is the, the color of the sky in the world that you live on, son? <laughs> yeah. I, I doubt if it's blue like ours, you know, down here on Earth. But it's just, it's amazing for a kid who has to know what his situation is. Like, he has to know 
that 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 even though he hasn't really been suspended by the league or anything like that, he was running out of choices. Might already be out of, I mean, running out of chances, just because people don't trust him yeah. as much as anything else. And he's out there partying. He like yeah. fuck it. <laughs> I'm not gonna stop doing me. Yeah, I can just hear him saying that. And and, and he's he's he's. Making all these decisions that's getting him further and further from being... He's living with fucking Josh Gordon, who can't (laughs) seem to stay off the weed. And look, I am one of the biggest supporters of medical marijuana. I think it's horse shit that it's still a Schedule II drug and that we still test for it in the NFL. And having said all that, you cannot be this kind of dumbass that just can't Mm. stop smoking long enough to get back in the league. Because if you can't stop now... Why would I believe that you're going to be back for any length of time, even if they do reinstate you in August, when all of the pressure and all of that is going to be thousands of times harder once you come back and actually have to play? Yeah. Once you come back and actually have to try to win games, you know. And and, 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 and now Johnny Manziel is living with this guy. And it didn't take long, did it? Also, we hear about Johnny Manziel being in a hit and run. And, and and Josh Gordon have to go pick him up. I mean, I, you use the term spiraling right now, right? But yeah. I don't even know if that's if that's a strong enough term because, like I said, if it was just if I thought he was just drinking too much or just you know doing whatever recreational drugs he might be doing, that that's one thing. But I think his decision making above and beyond that is just totally out of whack right now. Like, you should, even if you're doing some dirt, you ought to be behind closed doors and, and just keeping it as low-key as possible. He out there partying like he, he like he literally doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah, and it just, you know, it's, I mean, when you, when teams won't take a chance on a, a low-risk contract for a quarterback, a position where they're just, you know, you can't, there's not even 32 good enough quarterbacks in the NFL right now, much less enough to have everybody, for everybody to have a decent enough backup. I mean, there's a kid that Manziel obviously has some talent. I mean, you know, I know it, where he played and his style of play is a little unorthodox for the NFL, but it's not, you know, it's not the kind of, he's not the kind of player that you couldn't do something with, even if you just turn right. him into a decent enough backup to give you a, another offensive look if your starter goes down you know what i mean but it's man i mean and then like say you had drew rosenhaus dropping you and and you know greg you the guy that's willing to represent greg hardy is dropping you that's it's it's uh it's not good and i just don't know i mean you know unless he gets some serious help if he'll ever have uh i mean forget nfl future if he'll have any sort of decent future whatsoever Right, right. Yeah, it's, so it's been a good week for Cleveland with the now the, the first the Josh Gordon stuff and now the trade too. <laughs> because that would have oh, been man. really nice for RG three to go back there and have a receiver like Josh Gordon in the mix, who he knew from his days at Baylor. Right, right. Well, he gets the chance yeah. to get reinstated in August, right? So there's that. The chance. I mean, chance. Yeah. It ain't looking good. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> no, no. I I get the I I think Alden Smith will be playing again before Josh Gordon does. Mm. 
Yeah. But we'll see what happens. It's uh it's it's been kind of a bad week for that stuff, really. I mean, you had the awful Will Smith thing, and that seems like the kind of thing that's not going to be going away anytime soon, as far as a story. Um, our our folks on the scene there are, are telling us that the that the guy that Cardell Hayes, the the man accused of shooting Smith, is hired as sort of like the Johnny Cochran of New Orleans. So you know that's going to be a big time trial. And oh, then you wow. throw in New Orleans, which has one of the strangest political situations of any city or country state on the planet. Mm-hmm. So that's, that was terrible news. I have to read that and the stuff with Josh Gordon. And now you've got, and you suddenly, you know, for, we talked for a, once upon a time on this podcast, how there weren't, you didn't have a lot of like the, you know, the Randy Gregory, I, I guess Robert Incomdici was sort of the one player that, in this draft that had the questionable off-field stuff. Well, now you've got the Sean Oakman thing. Oh, oh man, that's, yeah. that's awful. Um, and, and it's a bailout, too. Right. Now, that, now obviously, the Oakman stuff, stuff is way more serious. But then the Noah Spence stuff with you yeah. know, the ecstasy and stuff, I guess, is kind of out there, too. I guess he would probably be another guy you might have to look for without the field stuff. But, you know, Sean Oakman, first of all, I don't know anybody who has him rated very high anyway. Yeah. Um, so this ain't even about, you know, draft status at this point. But, you know, he's he's being accused of rape that was uh, arrested yesterday and I think charged. And so, uh, you, you know, in that kind of situation, everything else kind of takes a back seat. Yeah. Uh, I don't, uh, we haven't heard, uh, I haven't at least heard any of the details other than I think he's claiming that it was consensual sex. Um, but, but so there was some kind of sexual contact there. Yeah. Uh, admittedly by both parties. But I mean, that, you know, that, I, I don't understand, man. Like, why would you put yourself in that situation, regardless, this close to 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 getting drafted? And um, you know, obviously, if he if he actually raped her, then good riddance. You know, obviously, that saved yeah. the team uh, from from getting from from drafting the kind of guy that would do that anyway. Yeah. But but regardless, just you know, I, I don't understand how you get this close. To what I would assume is most of these kids' dream, and even find yourself in that situation, like finding yourself having to 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 live through that anyway. I just I don't get it, you know. And I, obviously, I've been through that process. Uh, I wasn't, you know, a first round pick or anything, but just the last thing I wanted to do that spring heading into uh, my draft. What was was do anything that I thought might could hurt my draft status yeah. at all? Yeah, uh, I actually literally, you know, I had a group of friends and we went out uh, on occasion. We had this one friend, and a lot of us do, who always like to start <laughs> shit, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but I, 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 we, not just me, but even the rest of my friends got together and we had a sit down with him, like. You can't pull this shit no more at the club, you know? Yeah. And, and of course, he wasn't even, he's the smallest guy in the group anyway. So, <laughs> ain't like he was going to be the one fighting. Uh, but we, you know, it's just like, I'm not taking any of these kind of chances this close to, 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 to getting my dream job. And so, 
I don't understand, man. I, I really don't get it. And, uh, you know, obviously, if he did it, I hope they throw his ass under the bus and fuck him forever. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if he even if he didn't, man, how are you setting yourself up that way? How are you putting yourself in this situation for this to even be a, a possibility? It, it just it kind of boggles my mind. Yeah. And. I mean, I don't know, and, and I don't know a lot about the Baylor, whole situation with Baylor. I mean, I know obviously there's a Title IX investigation going on there because this is not like Sean Oakman isn't the first. I mean, he's a former Baylor player now. This incident would, would you know happened on April third, so it was obviously after he was you know a former Baylor player. But it's a uh, you know you've got what two players can two or three players in Baylor from Baylor convicted. You had the kid that transferred from Boise State. In which you know they may or may not have known about his history at Boise State with this. Oakman was a transfer from Penn State, where he got kicked off there for some problems he had in the lunchroom, threatening somebody. I mean, that's a uh, yeah. I mean, that's something for the the college football folks to handle. But I mean, it, it's just a bad, bad, bad look all around. It's just it's an awful, awful thing. And the sooner, I mean, I know it's impossible, but I mean, the sooner you can sort of weed this kind of stuff out of the nfl the better off because i it's it's the one of the things i really hate about this job to have to kind of constantly have to report on yeah. that stuff and not that you can't not that it's not news but it's just it's it fucking sucks um on that note <laughs> um let's see we got to wrap it up a little early today. I, uh, exciting development in my life. I have to go get some new glasses. Which will be <laughs> the bifocal lens, uh, lens sort. So I am, uh, mm. on the way to achieving some pretty significant old man accomplishments today. So that's <laughs> really looking forward to that next week. I'll have to cut the podcast off early so I can, uh, get the old prostate exam, but, uh, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. I'm not, not quite yet. The doctor hasn't said anything about that stuff yet, but we'll see. I, I know you got to take that stuff seriously though. It's, it's, it's getting to that point. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a busy time. The schedule releases tonight. I mean, I, I know folks get excited about the schedule release. I kind of feel like, well, you know, you already kind of know the teams you're going to play. It's just a matter of uh, which which uh, Thursday nights am I going to have to get somebody else to cover for me <laughs> in the uh, in in the in the coming season. But yeah, it's it's kind of exciting because it, it's at least with the schedule and the draft, you get that you start to get that feeling again. It's like, oh yeah, I'm I'm kind of starting to get ready for some football here. Right, right. And it won't be that long. Crazy yeah, as that is. sounds. <laughs> it never. Pretty soon you're going to have OTAs. Yeah, that's right. OTAs, coaches are already in fine form, bitching and complaining about how little practice time they get. (laughs) I love it when the owners complain about that publicly. I think it was Ursay complained about it. I think there was another one that complained about it, too. It's like, um, that's the collective bargaining agreement you guys guys signed off on. So, you know. (laughs) You can think about that while you're counting all the money you're making off these Yeah, right. That don't get to practice as often as you would like them to practice. But, uh, yeah, so uh, I suspect we will have more draft talk soon, and who knows, maybe, there'll be, like I say, there'll probably be another trade five minutes from now. So, um, All right, it's been a good one, fellas, and we will reconvene real soon. How's that sound? 
Sounds good. Sounds awesome.